Hey, this is Nikki Rapp, the voice of Lily from Telltale's The Walking Dead. And you're listening to Entertainment Talks, The Walking Dead UK podcast. Welcome to the Walking Dead UK podcast. It's Entertainment Talks podcast for the Walking Dead on AMC and Star on Disney Plus. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is David. How's it going? I'm doing well, thanks. Good, good. Uh, this is for season eleven, episode three, called "Hunted." Uh, we're going to do things slightly differently this week. We're, we're going to pretty much do the main normal show that we normally do. But um, some of you, if you listen to some of the two podcasts I put out yesterday. Uh, which was the Crash Bandicoot one and the uh, the Witcher podcast for the Wolf, whatever that film was called, uh, Nightmare of the Wolf or whatever it was called, the uh, the prequel thing. Yeah. Um. I I don't usually do things like this, but this is a particularly um, like it's a very particular situation, and I'll just ex- explain what I'm trying to do. Uh, as I was watching this episode on Monday, season eleven, episode three, Hunted. Um. The episode was what about forty minutes or so, and mm-hmm. uh, about halfway through the episode, I was watching the episode as normal, and then got a knock at the front door, uh, which was a bit unusual because I watched I was watching it at nine o'clock, and you don't really expect people to be knocking at your door at nine o'clock at night, uh, especially when you don't expect anybody. Um, so I checked who it was before I answered because you never know, and uh, it was the um, I won't go into like specific names of everybody, but uh, it was. Um, the daughter of somebody that I knew, and I answered the door. Obviously, I paused the episode. I answered the door, and I told that my neighbour had passed away. Now, for those of you that have been listening to Entertainment Talk for a little bit, I haven't mentioned it all the time, but I've mentioned it here and there, which is that uh, the neighbour that I'm mentioning, I walk their dog twice a day, and I've known this neighbour for 20 years. So, you know, over well over half of my life. I'm 27. For those of you that mm-hmm. don't know. Uh, I just wanted to uh, dedicate this podcast, this episode, to that person. Uh, her name is Maureen. I can mention that person's name. I'm not going to mention the other people kind of involved. There's no need to really do that. But uh, yeah, I knew her for 20 years. I, I've seen her almost every single day, twice a day for about, about three years. That's when I started walking the dog. Um, but yeah, that's the reason I'm dedicating the episode to her. Is because I was I literally watched half of this episode not knowing that and then the other half knowing that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, for those of you that listened to those two podcasts yesterday, if I seemed a little bit different or a little bit off, that was why. Uh, in fact, I was planning to see Shang-Chi yesterday, of course, the new Marvel film, and I just didn't really feel like going to the cinema the next day after yeah. hearing about that. So I'm going to, I'm going to plan that for tomorrow. Um, I know you don't know much about the situation, David, but do you have anything to add? No, I uh, just, uh, I mean, obviously I'm terribly sorry for your loss and and uh it's always difficult i mean i know the neighbor was elderly but it, it's still it's really difficult particularly when you've been with you know known somebody for that long um you know it, it's always it's always hard when people pass away and uh yeah it's um yeah just just terribly sad 
Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I walked the dog this morning and like she just wasn't there because um, mm. I had like basically the day off from it yesterday because other things were getting dealt with and stuff. Of so, um, but uh, yeah, rest in peace to Maureen. I'll uh, I already miss her. Um, and it's just weird her not being next door. So, mm. yeah. But um, let's move on from that, I suppose as well. Mm. Um. This is season eleven, episode three, called "Hunted." Hunted. Sorry, what did you actually think of the episode? Uh, it was it was a good episode. The um, good set pieces this time around. You got it, sort of the the big sort of battle at the start with the Reapers, um, and I mean, did they they are pretty brutal that group. There's not that many of them, and there, there seems to be some sort of you know religious cult thing going on which is a an interesting take this time around because they looked like a bunch of bikers but certainly you know once we you know they they kind of talk with one later uh the, there seems to be some sort of religious element to it which is kind of intriguing so um yeah i thought that was interesting and and also you got to go back to Alexandria and uh, the, the Alexandrian cast actually had something to do this week, which was uh, nice to sort of go back and see that. That was kind of pretty heartbreaking as well, some of that. So, yeah, it was um, it was an interesting episode all round, I thought. Yeah, definitely. Um, of course, I was watching this episode under certain circumstances, but uh, I, I did enjoy the episode, actually. Um, and sometimes when something like that happens... Uh, things like TV and stuff are a good distraction, which it it, it worked in this in this uh, situation yeah. somewhat. Um, but uh, no, I thought it was actually I was quite surprised by this episode, um, and I'm quite surprised to come away with the fact that I find the Reapers a bit more interesting than what I thought I was going to. Just yeah, not not really from like a character perspective. Like if you look at Negan or the Governor, there's there's more character there. These people aren't really they're more caricatures than characters. They're just sort of these yeah. Um, well, masked people, really, who are kind of... It's just the way they were kind of throwing knives and they're very brutal and they're very sort of... Clearly a bit more trained than we thought, mm. uh, maybe. Because uh, it wasn't just me and you who were kind of doubting them. I, I listened to like other podcasts and stuff, like the uh, Bold Moves podcast as well for Walking Dead. And uh, they. Were, it seemed like everyone last week was like, ah, these re- Reapers, they're, they're sort of nothing. So I suppose we all, all kind of made the bad mistake, which is in... Obviously, we're not living in that 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 type of world but um made the mistake of maybe underestimating the enemy which is one of the worst mm-hmm. things you can do in this sort of world because once you underestimate underestimate the enemy and they come after you um it might not end so well so uh yeah um i mean i talk about those things with this type of world all the time about like survival and that that really leans into survival and trust I suppose, uh, and not well, not really sort of trust, but more just sort of, uh, I guess, a survival element of like, how are you going to survive these types of situations? How are you going to like get away from your enemy? So um, yeah, we all kind of, I suppose, were a bit were a bit surprised by them. Um, but yeah, I thought the other stuff was really cool in the episode. I thought the Carol stuff was very interesting uh, in in a certain way. Um, that really gets into some other themes again of kind of survival. And like resources and things like that. Because uh, all, all these sorts of things that happen in the show. Like survival and trust and all that sort of stuff. They can all sort of be labelled under certain elements of this type of story. And I like to see how this show and of course other media within this genre. Uh, deal with those sorts of uh, different categories and whatnot. 
So, because you've got like resource management kind of in this episode, you've got survival elements in this episode, you've got trust elements in this episode, um, and uh, and that kind of stuff as well. So, and and also a little bit of just trying to like live because of what happens with uh, Alden in the episode as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I thought the scene with the couple of the scenes with the the young kids was interesting because you've got um, I think it what was it Judith, R.J. Gracie I think was the other young kid and then you got herschel as well so um because i think grace gracie must might gracie would probably have grown up last time we saw her because i think she was brought into the show before the time skip uh so that gives like her six more years yeah Uh, because last time i think the last time we saw gracie because i'm talking about the other young woman that was there because there was two young uh young girls and then two young boys uh we know i think that the two young boys are herschel and RJ, uh, which is kind of the first time we've probably seen RJ like in a conversation, which was mm-hmm. really uh, quite interesting. But uh, yeah, I'm pretty obviously the other one's Judith because it's Kaylee Fleming. But I think the other young girl is um, is Gracie. But the last time we saw Gracie, I think was Aaron holding her as a baby, and then that was before right, yeah. that was during the war and everything because she was one of the saviors' kids that got on kind of I don't know if she was abandoned or her parents were killed or whatever. Um, but then obviously we had this, we've had what, like seven and a half years of time skip since then. So she's basically like a, a young kid now, I think, which is interesting anyway. So, um, I mean, that's also the thing that aged up Judith and gave us, uh, Kaylee Fleming. So I thought that was, uh, quite interesting. Just, just seeing how kind of like younger people see this type of world. Um, and I suppose the other element of that is where you've got like the older characters such as Aaron himself and all the others they had lives before this outbreak whereas most of these kids specifically with Herschel and um, RJ in fact I think all four of them yeah would have been been born after the uh, the fall so they were kind of born into this world anyway so it's, it's interesting to see their different perspective on they don't know what life was like before the what was it called the fall i think is the actual what, name of it yeah. yeah whatever i'm sure it's had different names but yeah whatever yeah. the yeah. uh they refer it to it but yeah that was an interesting scene between the the children particularly the one between um judith and herschel where they're they're eating and that she's talking about sort of being on the road with his mum and you said got probably more experience than Judith has in terms of just straight out and out survival you know which is kind mm. of interesting yeah because um, Maggie was I do wonder if yeah I I do wonder if moving forward they're gonna do something more with these characters possibly you know maybe that would be another interesting... I mean, we don't know where the show's going to end, but that may be an interesting sort of spin-off thing to do in a couple of years, possibly. Mm. But... Yeah, that's something I've always kind of been interested in, which is like the passing mm. of the torch sort of thing. But yeah, if we kind of end the series and these kids are all the same age, like, what's the rest of their story? That's that's what I've kind of wondered. But Wait, but what yeah. Walking Dead's answer to that so often has been kill off the child. <laughs> yes. Uh, so... Like, you know, Carl, Lizzie, Mika, Sophia, even as much as, like, I mean, they're slightly older, but, like, Enid, uh, you know, like, long, young teenagers and stuff, Ben, Henry, the list, go, the list goes on. So The Walking Dead's answer to, like, hey, what happens to these kids is they die. Yeah. Um, so, but I can't see, I mean, maybe you could, like, maybe Gracie might die or something, but I don't really see the other three dying quite so much. No. Um, Specifically 
Herschel and Judith, maybe. I don't know. But I, I feel like the show is just going to end and they're going to be the age that they are. And then we'll see what happens. So It would be an interesting thing if, I mean, you know, we, as we've said before, it, the, the obvious place to bring Walking Dead to an end would be for some sort of cure to happen or some sort of sense of normality to return um sort of old world normality but um they're obviously not going to do that at the end of the walking dead because they've got other spin-offs coming so you know maybe when they decide to end it end it you know if that's in i don't know 10 years time or something when they decide they're going to not going to do any more tv walking dead maybe you, you bring some of these characters back as a way of sort of wrapping everything up of them being you know it'd be quite good if if the person that ends or finds the cure ends up being like judith or or herschel or something would be an interesting way of ending it possibly but who knows yeah i don't know um somebody did ask this week on twitter i've seen a i've seen this question about a bunch of different franchises the whole marvel what if thing and people have been asking like hey if you did a star wars episode or an episode of this or that uh what would you do if you could do a walking dead what if episode and I said either some sort of episode where the kids, like literally what we've just described, or an episode where after Rick has gone, Carl's not dead, and Chandler and Kaylee mm. are brother, you know, a brother and sister episode where they're on a supply run. I think that would have been cool. Um, yeah. Which you could still do if you wanted to do a what if thing. I mean, they're doing this anthology series thing, whatever, but I don't know. That would require them to get Chandler Riggs back, and I don't know that they're going to do that. So. Mm. Who knows? Uh, what What would you like to see for like a what if episode? Yeah, I mean, the obvious what if one would be what if Carl hadn't died. And I, I think, you know, because I think generally we consider that probably the worst mistake that they ever made in the, I mean, you know, there's been a few missteps with Walking Dead, but I think oh. that's probably the worst permanent one that they've made. Uh, you know, things like Rick leaving weren't mistakes. They were, you know, Andrew wanted to go and do other things. So, you know, um, but uh, so yeah i think that would be an interesting one to do um i i i and sort of what if episode which we've talked about before of maybe seeing everything from negan's side would be an interesting one you know because we've always had this discussion about uh, if Negan had been the group that you've been following and the saviors have been the group you've been following from the beginning, um, then Rick's group would have come across as the bad guys. Um, you know, and whilst Negan ruled with a sort of iron fist, pretty much, the, the it was the fact that, that Rick's group came in and murdered a bunch of their people in, whilst they slept. Yeah, You know, yeah. so there is... That it would sort of be interesting to see a kind of what if thing from from that side maybe would be a kind of interesting one to do. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I I mean, or, or you could do a sort of what if, which is tying the story a bit closer to the actual comic books of you know where where the characters that you know skip their deaths in the that skip their comic book deaths get them and you know they switch the characters around. Yeah, I mean. Mm-hmm. That would be sort of interesting as well. Yeah. I tell you what, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Would be a whole series, but like, let's say you take the "What If" the actual Marvel show animation, and you just made a comic book uh, adaption of the show, like, but it was exactly the same. Um, yeah, 
That might be, because then that would actually look a bit more like a comic and, and all that sort of stuff. So, mm. anyway. Um, Alright, that's what we got for the pre-talk. We have, the re- we have a recap to get to, but before that, let's get into some housekeeping, and then we'll uh, see you for that in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but... It won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get, getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film and we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, what have we got? I need to scroll down. I haven't done that yet. Now I have. Uh <laughs> Um, so yesterday I watched, uh, there's a new episode of um, Watching the Witcher, this is for The Nightmare of the Wolf, it's a prequel uh, animated thing for The Witcher, it's about an hour and 20 minutes, it's like a little film and it focuses on uh, Vesemir, who is basically um, uh, the guy who uh, trained like Geralt and everything. Uh, I didn't give that a specific rating because that is on the Watching the Witcher podcast feed and that's not how those uh, things work for that necessarily. Um, it wasn't that great though. I, I enjoyed certain parts of it. I thought the action was good and you can hear the rest of what I think on that. Uh, you did see The Witcher Season 1, didn't you? Have you seen this film thing? No, I've forgotten it had come out. But oh, um, yeah. yeah, so I haven't watched it yet. But I will go and take a look and, and see what I think of it at some point. Okay, they didn't really advertise it that much. It sort of just came out, but then yeah. ne- Netflix kind of does that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can go and listen to my review. That's obviously a spoiler thing because it's dedicated to The Witcher. So uh, you should only listen to that if you've seen the film. Anyway, so uh, and of course I'll be back for season two later this year, which is December seventeenth. Uh, there'll be a preview podcast out before that, but we're in September and not December, so I'm not doing a preview podcast yet. So uh, that'll be in a couple of months' time. Uh, I did a podcast called Celebrating Crash Bandicoot's twenty fifth anniversary, which actually is on Thursday. It uh, is tomorrow. It wasn't on Tuesday, but I thought, you know what? 
why should I schedule a podcast for two days time I'll just put the podcast out now uh, but, but Crash Bandicoot's 25th anniversary is on the 9th of September because uh, the first game was 9th of September 1996 all the way back on the PlayStation 1 from Naughty Dog so I went over the little Bandicoot's history uh, why I love him uh, growing up in that 90s era of PlayStation going through all of the games in the series all, all of the main games and also talking about as well the bad era of Crash Bandicoot games let's not forget that that happened um, and then just talking just talking about Crash Bandicoot and how cool he is and comparing him to the other platformer characters because you've got what Sonic, Super Mario uh, those are the two sort of big ones obviously Spyro as well so uh, that was good to talk about as well um, and uh, it's interesting there's been some uh, speculation that on Thursday because tomorrow there's a PlayStation event which by the way is why we haven't had the gaming podcast yet that's going to be on uh, Friday uh, it's Crash Bandicoot's 25th anniversary tomorrow and there's also a PlayStation event so hopefully that will line up mm. in some way, shape, or form. And there's also been a lot of leaks and speculation about a Wumper League game, which is an online thing. So, hmm, coincidences might line up with that, hopefully. Uh, and people have started getting uh, packages as well, which people were getting before, just before a game was announced. So things are kind of lining up a little bit. You, you never know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> we shall see. Um, but that's for the Crash Bandicoot thing. Uh, over on the United cast, I had a co-host for the first time on the show. That was cool. Uh, Varun uh, joined me for that show, um, and we talked about Manchester United's 21-22 to 22 summer transfer wrap-up, and also just a bunch of discussion about the team, what he thinks, what I think, uh, and that kind of stuff. Uh, it was quite a long show, but, you know, new co-host, fresh opinions, that kind of thing, and uh, we obviously had... Uh, conversation between us and everything else like that uh, he's hoping to join me for Saturday's game against Newcastle which should be Ronaldo's turn but apparently it might not be on TV so um, I don't know why you wouldn't put Ronaldo's return on TV but uh, I, I don't know what's going on there but we'll see what happens that's on Saturday hopefully something changes but uh, yeah I don't know if he's going to be a full regular co-host but um, he was at least a co-host for that episode and it was cool to uh, to do that as well so uh, did my season review for Black Lightning Season 4, which is the last one. Of course, there won't be any more Black Lightning podcasts because Painkiller isn't happening as a spin-off. Uh, so I gave my thoughts on Black Lightning Season 4. You've finished that, haven't you? I, I haven't. I'm about halfway through it at the moment. Okay. Uh, I'm okay. still working through it. But uh, yes, it's, well, sort of wading through it, I think, at mm. the moment, like a lot yeah. of the Arrowverse shows at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, did my review for that. Also did a review for season one of Kevin Can F Himself. Stars Annie, Annie Murphy, sorry. Uh, phenomenal performance from her. Really, really good. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I gave it a must-see rating. It's been renewed for season two if you want to watch it, which I'd recommend you to do so. Uh, you can watch it on AMC in the US, and it's also available as a box set in the UK on Amazon. Thoroughly enjoyed that. I heard you and uh, Robert talking about it on uh, on Geek Town. Uh, so that was that was cool. How far are you along in that series? Uh, I've got two episodes left still mm. in that, but uh, I am very, very much enjoying it. It's a, it's a little weird in the first episode because of the sort of jump backwards and forwards between the sort of sitcom format and the sort of dark single camera comedy format. But once you get over that um, and it finds its groove in the kind of second episode, it's it's really, really solid. Mm. Yeah, I got used to it almost kind of straight away. But mm. um, but yeah, really, really good season. Go and see that. That's been renewed for season two. Uh, Ted Lasso is still continuing season two, episode seven. We're just over halfway through that season. That's on Fridays, Fridays on Apple TV+. Plus. Still got the Flash podcast going on, and we've got the other Arrowverse podcast going on as well. Legends, Flash, Superman, Lois. What's the other one? Batwoman, I wrapped up recently. And that's pretty much it for that. 
so uh, you can check that out as well. Uh, Funny Monsters has finished, finished last week, so if you're wondering where today's podcast is for that, there isn't any new episodes, so no more podcast. Uh, Season 1, episode 10 is the last one for that, and that's for Monsters at Work. Did the podcast last week, I described before, called The Graphics Obsession, just talking about graphics and games uh, against, uh, you know, features in games and what's better, what's worse, what people prefer, that kind of stuff. So you can listen to that as well. Uh, So yes, look out for the Shang-Chi review, hopefully tomorrow as well. That's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. And you can also find us on the podcast platforms uh, as normal, uh, as we have done in the last two episodes. This is, again, the recap from Charlie Mason on TV Line. You can go over there and find uh, their work, so go and check that out if you'd like to. Uh, again, it is edited so that I can read it, because I'm the one that's going to be doing that. So uh, we're just going to go with that again this week. Um, so let's continue with that. Uh, so the cold open... <clears throat> Uh, in the fast-paced and stylishly shot opening moments of Sunday's episode of The Walking Dead, we, were got, gl- we got a glimpse of just how brutal the masked reapers um, attack teased in Archeron Part 2, because we got like the end piece of that in, in the last episode, where, uh, what's his name, got shot in the head. Um, so we had that happening. Uh, it turned out to be Cole got his uh, throat slit. It was pretty fast, like, yeah. right, in the, right in the first few seconds, like, just dead. Um, Duncan went down for what uh, would wind up uh, being the count. Um, I don't remember who Duncan was specifically. The... That was the was that the big guy? Yeah, the big guy. Yeah, yeah. Cole was the one of the beard. other people. So uh, Gabriel and Negan were hit. I love what Negan does. He gets a knife thrown in his leg, and he pulls it straight out and throws it at somebody. Yeah, and because uh, <laughs> usually. If you get a puncture like that in some part of your body, it's usually not best to just pull it straight out. But uh, I guess Negan has has different ideas. He just pulled it straight out and threw it at someone. Well, yeah, you compare um, that to Gabriel, who sat with it. In, yeah, he sat yeah. with the like the, it was an ice pick, who, which he had in his leg, and sat with that for ages until he eventually pulled it out after the battle had finished. Yeah. So. Wow. So. Um... But I've never like had to pull anything out of myself like that before, so yeah. I can't speak about that experience. So it, yourself, have you been like injured badly? No, in... no, ne- no, never had managed not to have anything stab me in any significant way. So you know, good, good. Um, so but yeah, they were both hit, and after uh coming to Maggie's rescue, Elijah was uh not seen again in the episode. He's the uh, the masked uh one from the mm. game fr- from the mobile game. Uh, that we talked about last time. Uh, it's just a case of figuring out who exactly in this little Maggie's group every, everybody is. Well, we um, we don't need to figure them out much because half of them are now dead. That, so. That's true. That's true. Cole and uh, Duncan are, are both dead. So, uh, But it's just Elijah that is left, I think, who was the, the masked yeah. one who came in at the end of the last season. Uh, so he got sort of attacked, but then he had to run off and we didn't see him again. And before the hour was through, a character we'd known since season 8 was looking like he didn't have a... Um, Hope of Surviving, who was left knocking on Heaven's door. He's talking about uh, Alden here, I think. Um, so Alden's inter- injuries are quite interesting. Um, he didn't... I don't think he got stabbed, did he? He got, like, cut along his belly? Yeah, yeah. Alden? I think he, he got cut along his stomach, by the looks of things. Hmm. I wonder so... why he wasn't just stabbed. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I, maybe he managed to move back out of the way rather than like you know oh was that Sorry. my computer or yours no that was mine sorry about okay. that it's my <laughs> making noises cool um but yeah what do you think of this uh really quick really i mean i don't really complain about violence but it was violent this uh quick war sort of attack 
scene. What do you make of it? Well, yeah, I mean, as you say, we, we have been like, Reapers, there's only a few of them, they're wearing masks, <laughs> big whoop. I mean, we have been like that, you know, for the last yeah. few episodes. So I, I think the fact that they were like so brutal when they came out and then, you know, we find out there is this sort of slight religious thing going on in the background by the looks of it. They're not sort of some rabid biker gang, which is what they look like. There seems to be some sort of religious cult thing going on. Um, I, I, that makes them slightly more interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, as you say, there's not much depth to them at the moment, but I, I, I still don't think they're going to be around for all that long. But it does give a slightly different angle to them. And um, yeah, you know, given where the group kind of decided to hold up at the end of the episode, I think that's probably... You know, they're going to end up encountering them again, I suspect. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. And, and I think that was that was an interesting way to do it was to to have just this really brutal kind of, you know, I mean, we, as you say, we kind of underestimated how bad they would be. Um, so for them to come out like this, I think it was a solid, proper introduction to them they needed it to be that visceral i think for the audience to actually go oh actually these guys really are potentially you know a a threat to them so Mm. it's interesting yeah yeah it kind of reminds me a little bit of the uh the scars from last of us 2 i'm not going to get too much into like who they are and stuff because that's obviously a a different thing to talk about Mm. um they're sort of like that but less aggressively religious cultish sort of group because the the scars in last of us are much more aggressive with that um but as i kind of talked about last week with the hanging upside down body is that sort of something that the scars in the game do uh so it it is kind of reminding me of them it's sort of like an alternate version of that kind of group where Mm. they seem i don't know like because when you're playing the game and the last of us two game you can hear them like whispering certain religious stuff when you're trying to sneak around them if you right. are trying to sneak around them, if it's up to you what you do. Um, to do, they do remind me of that a little bit. I suppose the only difference at the moment is we haven't really heard the Reapers say very much. Um, but uh, I, I'd like to change my prediction as well from from last week. I said what five episodes and they'd be sort of gone. I mean, we're already episode four is the next one, and they're still here. I do think they're going to last until the mid season. I um, think they probably will. Yeah. Yeah, but given that we admittedly underestimated them last time, I was sort of like, oh, you know, they're. I, I mean, granted, I, I still will say that I don't think they're as 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 threatening as uh, Negan and the Governor's groups. I still no. think that those are worse to come across. Um, but they they do seem to have, and again, they are they're a little bit different as well because like they do have all these like knives and stuff, and they throw them and everything like that. I mean, you look at that Maggie scene where she's running away. And there's like knives being thrown at her, and then she gets into a, a melee fight on the stairs. Um, that's something that the other groups didn't tend to do quite so much. When you looked at like the governor and Negan, it was more like guns versus guns mm. sort of thing, or in the governor's case, a tank as well, um, and in Negan's case, a baseball bat. Um, but uh, I don't know; they are interesting and a bit, a little bit different. So um, credit to the show for for managing to do that. 
but I wonder if that was a little bit on purpose of like, oh, these Reapers just don't, they just seem like an ordinary group. And Maybe. Then bang, they come out with this at the start. Yeah, so. I mean, possibly. I mean, the, the entire invention of this Reaper group, as I said before, I'm pretty sure is so you didn't just have shots of a bunch of people, you know, starving to death in Alexandria. You, you needed to give, I mean, it's not from the comic books, but they needed to give something for that group to do in the first half of this season and so i i think they're probably not going to last until much after that because i think the last chunk of this you're probably going to be dealing a lot more with the commonwealth stuff and more in what the comic book did um but they kind of needed something to to be able to kind of give to all the people that were left behind at alexandria for the earlier part of this season so um yeah, I mean, that was the purpose of inventing this group, I would imagine, for the show. And um, so I, I think as long as, you know, they're there, they seem kind of interesting that we've had this sort of religious cult thing on here before. So, yeah, I think that that um, should work quite well as a sort of, you know, some antagonist for them to go up against for a few episodes anyway. Mm. Yeah, you've even got some religious stuff with, like, um, Gabriel later on as well, yeah. uh, which we'll get to in a later scene. Um, but it's going to be interesting, because we, we, we're so used to two halves of eight, split the season into two different arcs that complete one season, but now you've got an extra uh, set of eight episodes. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with them. So, mm. um, But uh, <clears throat> it says after that slick intro... We are followed by Maggie as she was stalked by the Reapers. I think this is what I was talking about. Uh, who, as far as I can tell, must have been uh, part of a knife-throwing act in a former life. <laughs> Ultimately uh, arriving in a studio full of mannequins. Uh, so a little bit of like a horror element there. Uh, she'd no sooner found Alden uh, than they'd been attacked as well. Uh, while he fought his assailant, she smashed a broken bottle into the side of the head of uh, the guy that was attacking her. And with an assist from Negan as well who came in to sort of not necessarily save her but help her because she did get somewhat of an upper hand but he helped her in that situation uh, appearing out of nowhere got um yeah uh, enough free time to hurl a knife at the reaper who was uh hitting uh, or who was injuring alden because she sort of gets up and throws a knife at him uh, in response, uh, the Reaper detonated the grenade. When the smoke cleared, Maggie discovered that Alden was quite badly injured. We see him lift up his, his top and he's got some cuts on him and stuff. Uh, but her plan remained unchanged. Keep going, get the food, wait for the others. Uh, I know through theatrics, Negan told her. Those people just told us how insane they are. That's what he said. Um, but since he had no better idea to offer up, they went forward with uh, Maggie's plan and then they set off. So, and then we'll talk about the bit with Agatha in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, pretty decent action thing. I mean, she's kind of running up these stairs. I think this is the bit that I was talking about. That knife gets thrown at her and uh, it hits sort of the wall next to her. She goes into this building, uh, has this fight on the stairs. I thought the fight with that little with that zombie was kind of interesting. She pushes it down these flight of stairs and you could just see it falling and falling and falling. Yeah. Um, but I think she also lost, she also lost her torch, didn't she? Cause you can see it going so, down yes. with the, with the walker. Uh, and then a reaper jumps her and then she pushes that one down the stairs as well. Um, although did she, she pushed it, she pushed that reaper the, on, onto the stairs cause he sort of got back up or whatever and started chasing her again, I think. 
Um, I don't think he put. I don't think she pushed the Reaper all the way down like she did with the Walker, because then she got attacked slightly after. Um, what do you think of the fight? But all, all those fight bits and pieces, this sort of whole uh, set piece. Yeah, I, I mean, my my first impression when Maggie, or the first thing that came into my head when Maggie walked into that room was, okay, this looks like an abandoned shopping mall. Where's all the stuff that was like in that department store? Because it uh-huh. was, I mean, that, it was just the first thing that came into my head was like, you'd expect like a lot of empty shelves or something. And it's not, it's just this big empty sort of warehouse space, but it has escalators in it. So it, clearly it was some sort of shopping mall. But um, I mean, not that that's at all important, but it was just the thought that came into my head. Um in terms of the actual action sequences, I thought they did a really good job with it. And uh, it was nice to see, you know, Negan coming to assist Maggie. I thought, you know, doing the right thing this time, finally. Um, it was uh, interesting seeing the, the the Reapers again quite close up. And the fact that, you know, the grenade he detonated was a flashbang, um, you know, which was sort of... I presumably to try and cover his exit, I guess. But um, yeah, and we've now got an injured Alden to deal with, which mm. is uh, yeah, fun. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of. Um, I think I asked you earlier or something, or I said, I said something about this earlier. I wonder why he wasn't just killed. Maybe in maybe in in terms of the struggle that they had because we didn't see I, everything I that really so. happened. Yeah, I I think I think the guy was possibly trying to stab him and end up just slashing him across the Yeah, stomach. that's all he could manage to do maybe. Yeah. So um because we didn't see everything that was happening. So Yeah. Um I don't know. But uh yeah, he's quite badly injured. Um but then the reaper escaped. I yeah, I, I thought it was this was all quite good actually. Um and uh just goes to show a bit I, I think the the note with like the flashbang and everything maybe goes to show us that they're a bit more armed than what we maybe anticipated. I well, mean they've I mean they've clearly got quite yeah. a few knives. So um yeah. <laughs> I, I did I mean I, I did wonder, you know, things like the flashbangs and yeah, they've they've got lots of knives, but they appear to have guns and stuff as well and you know, there was a appeared to be some sort of sniper in there and I wondered if there were maybe an ex-military group or something. Um, I mean, mm. you know, the, the, there's the religious thing as well. So I'm sort of interested to see where they actually came from now and what, who they actually are. Because I, yeah, I, I sort of wondered whether they're, you know, that the, they, with the exception of, you know, the scary mass and stuff, they seem to be fairly well trained and sort of possibly military trained. So, I do wonder if there are a military group that's maybe gone a bit crazy. Um, be interesting if there was something like, uh, I mean, you could have them as as maybe a a post traumatic stress group that were meeting in the church, possibly. You know, people that are recovering from war things, mm-hmm. which would tie that together as them sort of being um, military and having sort of faith in you know if there were sort of a, a group that would kind of cross between the two of that that would be one way of doing it of a sort of you know a group of like traumatized soldiers or something that we're part of a, a church group maybe yeah yeah that's a that's a possibility 
Um, and that there's obviously the interesting angle with like Gabriel and stuff and what he says as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause he's kind of, he's said before himself in certain seasons that he's lost his faith a bit. Uh, he even took his like collar off at, you know, the white collar thing. He took that off at one point, but he's got it back at the moment. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I get what you're trying to say with that. Like if there's maybe an ex-military group that's got PTSD and then like you put a church angle into that. So mm-hmm. um, could be again, could be interesting. It, it is more interesting than what we thought was going to be, which is just a band of uh, people that yeah. just had some weapons and that was about it. So we shall see. We shall see. But so, yeah, very good action scene with uh, with all that. That was quite good. Uh, and uh, they're then they're then carrying an Alden, uh, an injured uh, Alden as well. We'll talk about what we think of his uh, survival chances in a bit. Uh, the trio uh, heard some screams. They're walking with him at this point. Uh, it was Agatha being attacked by uh, walkers. Once they'd saved her for the moment, anyway, she ushered them uh, to a cr- critically injured uh, Duncan. That's the the big shoulders guy, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, uh, the one that was carrying her shawl in yes. this first episode. So. Um, whose name we don't need to remember anymore, really, because unfortunately no. he doesn't make it at the episode, uh, who didn't want uh, to hear Maggie's apology for the way that things had turned out. We were good. We were lucky, he noted. For a little while anyway, she replied. Uh, following the big guy's demise, uh, Negan tried to get Maggie to listen to him, but that was about as likely to happen as the camera spotting a bad angle on her. That's what this guy wrote in here, not me. I thought I'd leave that bit in. So, uh, Which yeah. is it, it's true. This is true, so I don't think that's wrong. Uh, even Alden was beginning to think that maybe Negan might have some strategic value. Uh, though, after all, a Alden told Maggie, this can't be what you told uh, Herschel he'd see. Eh, she retorted, not as much uh, surprises me, not much surprises me anymore, which was kind of what mm-hmm. the, similar to their conversation on the uh, train last episode between Alden and uh, Maggie, so it kind of lines up with that. Uh, clearly, clearly, she had some sort of experience with Georgie's group. So, um, but uh, soon, Negan happened upon a walker tied to a tree, burnt to a crisp. Uh, Judas was the name that's written above it. The grizzly uh, taboo was labelled, and suddenly the walkers uh, trilling them picked up some speed enough for one to seek it, sink its teeth into Ag- Agatha. Um, and she uh, was obviously injured from that. Uh, Maggie attempted to leap into action to save her friend, but knowing it was beyond too late, Negan pulled her away, leaving them to eat Agatha. Um, that's got to be extremely painful. Um, yeah. See, I I kind of wonder, because sometimes we've seen in, on this show and on certain other things, that if, if a character's in a situation where, like, okay, they've got four, five, six, whatever, walkers around them and they're getting bitten they're in the process of getting bitten someone will like shoot them from a distance or they'll have a gun on them themselves or it will be one of them situations where that character's got a grenade the walkers pile in and then they pull the pin or something but no unfortunately Agatha had the worst of those situations which is just being eaten on the spot or just ripped apart um so, because no one, no one can manage to like shoot her. She can't reach for anything to kill herself with. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's been so, a while since we've seen somebody actually just straight up eaten by the zombies. I mean, the only, the the only, I'm sure there's been other other ones since, but the only one that really comes to mind was the guy that was the the young kid that was trapped in the revolving door. 
going a few seasons back now. Yeah, um, yeah, he was in there with Glenn, wasn't he? Yeah, he was out with Glenn, and, and yeah, uh, you know that was a sort of situation. And uh, I mean, we because we had the one last week, but he stabbed himself in the heart before. Well, yeah, tried yeah, to. a bit different. Uh, yeah, so so like you say, there's in most cases if somebody gets bitten or goes down, you know, like we saw with Duncan, you know, Duncan was obviously down and dying and Maggie stabs him through the head. Um, so it's it, a long time, I think, since we've actually seen somebody get straight up just eaten by something, by the zombies. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was kind of, they throw those in and it is, I mean, I imagine a horrific way to die because, you know, you're getting, your flesh torn off your bones it's yeah yeah that cannot be good i don't even know in the process of that happening how you would make that easier for yourself i guess you well just just like close your eyes or something i don't i don't really know um think of a nice song and close your eyes i I don't know there's gotta be some horrific (laughs) yeah yeah no it's absolutely horrific um so yeah it was it was good to see them actually put one of those deaths in there i mean that's pretty much done for maggie's warden group i think you know apart from elijah uh there was one called frost as well i think in that group who i can't remember whether he's still around or not i i Um, don't know but um and elijah (laughs) may or may not be dead presumably he's still alive because we didn't see him die on screen and they've been, kind of been pushing that character. So I assume that he's still alive somewhere. Mm. Let, let's not, let's not have another Heath where Elijah goes missing for, I mean, he can't, <laughs> can't go missing for as long because we haven't got that much time left in the show, mm. but let's not have it so that Elijah's missing for like 10 episodes or something. Um, yeah. Cause the show can tend to do things like that. Sometimes I mean, Glenn under the dumpster three, four episodes later revealed, I mean, you look at Morales. What was that like? Seven seasons later, or something? Because he were, he uh, left after the first season, and then uh, he was part of like the Saviors in the end. That was what season seven or eight, and then Daryl killed him. So uh, let's let's hope that Elijah's at least his fate can get revealed in the next couple of episodes. So um, this is kind of going back a little bit to what I was talking about with the whole Black Summer thing and I'm trying not to think about Black Summer too much when I'm watching this because this is like a, a, a different thing but okay yeah you've got the tension of like okay Cole gets his throat slit at the start of the episode and you've got Duncan's dying and Agatha's dying really badly and none of those characters are ones that we've got really attached to because they've literally been in the show for about three episodes apart from Elijah who's been here a little bit longer um but there isn't any, the the point I'm trying to make. There isn't any tension there. Uh, but then I suppose we're kind of I guess they're like red shirt characters and that. So you can kind of like Walking Dead's used to just binning them off when when mm-hmm. when the when the occasion arises. Um, but I suppose I suppose that leans more on sort of how are they going to get out of the situation as opposed to how scary the situation is. Um, which I suppose is more often the question that Walking Dead asks is like, is this character going to be okay? As opposed to the the tense nature of the situation. So, because I mean, what one of the scariest things that happens in this episode is like that initial bit when Maggie's in the in that building, and there's like the mannequins and stuff, and it's a bit quiet, and then you just get the the jump scare thing with Alden when he gets grabbed. So, um, but what, what do you think of the shows like the the levels of tension and sort of the characters that have died so far? 
Well, I mean, the wardens seem to be brought in pretty much as a, as a bunch of red shirts that you can get mildly attached to before, you know, and they obviously mean something to Maggie, but, you know, they can be killed off without having to kill off any of the other cast for the moment. Um, so mm-hmm. uh, it's sort of interesting because none of these people were involved in the comic books. You know, the Reapers on the one side, the wardens on the other. Um, so... You can pretty much do whatever you like with those without screwing up any story, you know. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I think that's um, that's kind of I, I think what we sort of expected that not all the wardens were going to make it out. So um, we'll see what happens moving forward. But um, yeah, I mean that that sort of makes sense that if you're going to kill off characters, it's them. So yeah, what did you think? I really like the uh, the walker that's burnt to. Uh this um this cross thing that was that was quite interesting that kind of leans as well into the angle that you were talking about with the uh religious stuff so, yeah 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 i mean it certainly does that that seems to be you know i mean the fact that he's got judas and they burnt him and uh yet the fact that the walker was still kind of moving around i don't know whether we've seen one quite that burned before so that was a sort of interesting mm. new take on a walker it's 11 seasons in it's kind of difficult to do new versions of walkers but they still managed to come up with stuff which is good yeah yeah because we had like the bloated one that was in the subway thing that negan yeah. was dealing with because uh, that that burnt walker was like its jaw was cu- i thought they were going to show the jaw actually falling off but it mm. was just hanging on by a thread the, um yeah so. There was a great Negan one line at the start of all this as well. It's like, so we're just going to move towards the screaming then? Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, ne- Negan hasn't got that much choice in these situations, I suppose. No, no. So, but yeah. I, yeah, Jeffrey D. Morgan's just so perfectly cast as that character. He's brilliant. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Though there was a, I did notice he was talking on something um, and... Uh, was sort of says you know doesn't know whether he's well i mean presumably he does but isn't giving away whether he's actually surviving till the end of the show or not but um i mean he may not know at this point that you know they might not have got that far in filming but mm, yeah. uh he has sort of said that he would like to do some sort of negan spin-off he'd be very happy to continue playing the character in some way whether that's as as a sort of flashback series one-off sort of you know flashback series or whether that's something else entirely so where you you know whether it's a continuation afterwards we'll have to wait and see uh but i mean he has said that he'd be well up for doing that um if they wanted it i mean that's not confirming anything and he's just he's just saying that he'd be very playing the character so Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I think we've both said that we'd be up for that, especially after the uh, his Negan episode yeah. and stuff. So, um, yeah, if he's saying that, then a- AMC should be listening. So, because that's yeah. one really good spin-off they could do after this show finishes. Uh, but yes, Agatha is uh, is dead. So, um, again, it's a case of with Maggie's group, we try to learn some of their names and now they're dead. Yeah. So, anyway... Um, when the travelling companions took shelter <clears throat> in an abandoned church, uh, that was quite an interesting note actually, because you saw the Judas thing with the uh, uh, the the burnt zombie, and then after that they go into a church, and there's a very notable like camera angle focusing on the cross. Yes, outside the church as well. So uh, Alden um, asks Maggie to uh, cut him loose. You left Cage, uh, or Gage, Gage, yeah. Uh, he reminded her, leave me in his uh, dilapidated state. 
Um, he was just slowing them down and the mission was more important than him or any one of them. Uh, Pista having to make uh, the impossible choice. Maggie blames Negan for them even being in the horrific situation if the saviors hadn't destroyed everything that they'd built. Uh, you still have to decide, uh, he replied coolly. In the end, Maggie left Alden behind in a barricaded uh, church. They put like a bench or whatever in front of the door. Uh, you better be here when uh, we come back, she told him. You better come back, he said. So that's a two-way thing of him staying there and then mm-hmm. them actually coming back. Uh, and suddenly, um, uh, so he retorted. Uh, so he stayed in that church. He's injured and they're going to hopefully get back to him at some point. And then Maggie was uh, alone in the middle of nowhere with the man who murdered uh, Glenn before her eyes, which was an interesting note. So, um, I think Alden will be okay. What do you think? I, I mean, I don't know. Probably. Um, I mean, whether he'll make it to the end of the run is an entirely different matter, but um, certainly... Um, uh, sorry, got distracted. Uh, just got distracted by a piece of news that popped up, which uh, is that uh, Zoe's extraordinary playlist has been confirmed and has been picked up on Rocky for a Christmas themed episode. I've just straight oh, off. Excellent. Uh, so yes, but anyway, back to the Walking Dead. No, it's a it's a good interruption. That's very good news. So. Uh, back to the Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Alden will probably. I I think he'll probably get through this. I suspect. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that that whether he makes it right to the very end is an entirely different matter. But I think, yes. Uh, and it, it's I think this has been more done to engineer a situation where it's just Maggie and just Negan. And you're going to have to push those two characters into having to work together. Cool. Uh, and I think that's uh, you know that that's that's just going to be interesting, you know, because it, I mean it's a it's a intriguing situation because she is completely unconvinced that Negan is ever going can ever change and has ever changed, but we've seen it. We know Negan now is a very different person to the one that was running the Saviors, um, but she wasn't around to see any of that evolution, and yeah, you know, she yeah. thinks he's faking it, and I don't think he is. I think he's he's genuinely, yeah, you know, he went down a very dark path at one point, but I think he's he has changed, and it, it'd be interesting to see where the, where they end up at the end of this run, you know, this mission that they're on, where the pair end up at the end of that. Um, will be intriguing. Mm. Tell you a scene I'd like to see would be uh, Maggie and Negan head back to Alexandria, right? Which is where the kids are as well, aren't they? I'm pretty sure. And uh, mm-hmm. let's say that they get back, they have a conversation about the the horse meat and all that sort of stuff. And Negan's there, and maybe Judah says like hi or something to Negan. And I'd like a scene where it doesn't have to involve all four of the kids, but mainly Herschel and uh, Judith. And if the four of those, so Maggie, Negan, Judith, Herschel, all have a conversation. And let's say there's like a nice relationship there between uh, Judith and Negan, because they've obviously had a a, a bit of a, uh, a relationship of sorts, like in the past, which has been a good one. Yeah. And maybe if like... 
if Maggie can then see the better side of Negan coming out, which is I I think what definitely happens when he talks to people like Judith and and those sorts of characters, and then even uh, Herschel could like because I I'm sure, I, I don't I mean we don't know exactly what Maggie has told Herschel about Negan. But you know what I mean. There could be a, mm. a a four sort of four person sort of conversation there about like they they could be just chatting about because the conversation starter would I assume be about the the horse meat they've just eaten because Judith was a bit sort of oh don't know about it and Herschel was very much sort of this is what I'm used to so if you start it off that way and then because Negan's there they would naturally maybe talk about him I don't know maybe they could mm. I I don't think they'll actually do that but that was just an idea I kind of had mm. so um. Yeah, that that is going to be intriguing, you know, when Negan does properly meet the kids and, uh, you know, or meet, meet Herschel and whether he knows, you know, whether Herschel really knows anything. I don't think, you know, we don't know. So I'm I'm sort of intrigued to see, you know, particularly the relationship with Judith and, you know, they're, they're pretty solid. And Negan is very much a protector of the children. I mean, there are multiple points where that point has been made about the fact that, you know, Negan has done everything to try and make sure the children are safe. Um, so, hmm. so I'm sort of, um, I'm sort of intrigued to to see with that, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. where that comes out. Hmm. Definitely. Um, and even something like a conversation between Negan and Herschel, like what would they have to say to each other? Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Uh, I mean, I don't think it's going to be like, hey, yeah, I killed your dad. <laughs> um, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But then, but then you've got, what I'm saying is then you've got the counterbalance of Judith because Judith has had a good relationship with Negan and has saved Judith's life before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I uh, I think that could be could be quite cool. Uh, elsewhere, Gabriel worked up to cu- cutting over to him in all this woods situation. I really like this scene. Uh, elsewhere, Gabriel worked up the courage to pull the blade out of his leg, uh, which is what we talked about earlier with Negan just like casually doing it and throwing his knife at that guy. Uh, this is talking about the uh, the Gabriel one because they both got hit in the leg with knives. Uh, so he pulls out of his leg and takes off in pursuit of an injured reaper. Uh, when the uh, it says preacher here found the dying villain, uh, which is a good way to describe that, uh, he asked Gabriel to pray for him. I thought you were a man of God, the man said when Gabriel hesitated. God, Gabriel answered him before finishing off. He isn't here anymore, or isn't here anymore. Uh, I really like this scene. I really, mm. really do. Uh, not only is it because it shows off how good of an actor uh, Seth is as well, uh, which I think the show at times has... Not not necessarily struggled to do, but not really tried to do, in in certain situations. Because I I having seen him, I think I've said this before. Having seen him on the wire and seeing how much of a badass he can be, I think they needed they've needed to lean into trying to put that into Gabriel, which Gabriel's a very different character to the the policeman that he plays on, on the wire. I can't remember his name right now, but um, very much a different character. But you can still use some of those same angles, and this is using that angle. Uh, so any scene for me really that's like this with Gabriel I think is really great I just think the the religious angle here which is like hey I thought you were a man of God he then kills him and he's like God's just not here anymore because it, it's showing a bit more of Gabriel losing his faith but this other guy this other reaper clinging on to his I suppose um, plus it's just really good acting from Seth and just a really good scene overall uh, what do you think of this bit? 
Yeah, it, it's sort of it's a good scene from Seth, and I'm really intrigued to see how he handles this um, group because clearly they've got some twisted, um, you know, mythology that they're following relating to sort of their belief in God, and and you know they're using that as an excuse to do terrible things, which I mean is certainly nothing new in this world, but. I mean, I, I'm with with Gabriel being supposedly, you know, the preacher and stuff. I, I'm just intrigued to see how he relates to this group moving forward and what that sort of comes to. Mm. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully this is going to get a few more meaty bits in there for, for Seth to play around with. Cool. So, sounds good to me. If we, if we get more scenes like this and it's sort of his religious angle against theirs mm-hmm. and you add that together with the, the the kind of newer badassness of of gabriel that's a good way to put it mm-hmm. uh together with his acting um great show me more of that stuff i'm i'm all for that that's that's gonna be good uh i'm sure there's people out there who are looking at this and like don't put politics in my walking dead or whatever it was already there um yes <laughs> so but uh, I mean, oddly, I've not really seen that many people moaning about like the political stuff with the Commonwealth or anything else like that. So, but uh, you, mm. you do tend to see people moaning about that stuff, but they didn't realise that politics was in there from from the first, the start of Pretty the show. Pretty much, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's been it's been eleven hit, eleven seasons. You just haven't noticed yet. So, um, so uh, really good stuff with Gabriel. Uh, let's move over to Alexandra. Um, back in Alexandra, Aaron uh, blamed Carol for bailing on helping to fortify the walls, but she had bigger fish to fry, namely trying to find and bring home the horses. Without them, they'd soon uh, all be um, all be too weak to uh, scavenge for new food anywhere. Because already there, there's already a note of a shortage of like su- food and supplies, and obviously they're getting a bit weaker because they're not eating so much. So this is where they need to look for the horses and stuff uh, in the field uh, she so carol uh, rosita kelly and magna uh, tried and uh, tried to rope the horses and also failed uh, quite a few times while pursuing them again rosita told carol uh, that she kept having dreams in which abraham was trying to tell her something it used to freak me out she added uh, now i think it's a message for alexandra if only he didn't keep uh, getting shot in the head before he could spit it out. Uh, as the day wore on, Carol finally uh, was finally convinced to pack it in and go back. She, of course, uh, so of course, uh, that was when the four spotted the horse uh, running to a dairy farm, a uh, dope site in uh, Kelly's estimation, which is cool. Uh, where they uh, could be penned in. Ironically, uh, the heroines didn't need their ropes on Kelly's suggestion. They realised that the horses wanted to go home as much as their rider wanted them home. And then we'll talk about the carol scene afterwards. So yeah, this whole um, uh, Rosita dream. So as I'm understanding this, um, Abraham's trying to tell her something in this. Well, it's not a dream, it's a nightmare. In this nightmare, Abraham's trying to tell her something, but he keeps shooting himself in the dream before he can tell her, mm-hmm. is what I'm getting from this. Um, I wonder if they'll show any... I wonder if they'll visually show that at some point, because if it's a recurring dream or a nightmare, uh, I wonder if they'll focus on that a bit more at some point and give us more of a representation of what Rosita's seeing. I mean, we can imagine it for ourselves, but... I wonder if they'll show that. But this is... uh, I mean, look, all of these survivors have probably got some level of PTSD by now. 
well yes the, the madness that they've been through um and obviously that this this sort of stuff probably does happen to them what do you think of the focus here on rosita and her uh nightmare with abraham well yeah i mean i don't i do i do wonder whether um whether yeah they we do get any sort of visual representation of that although it would mean getting michael back i guess to do mm-hmm. that but then michael has come and um directed some of the episodes in yeah, previous yeah. seasons you know and we know that if he's around he'd be perfectly happy to come back and do it i would have thought so uh yeah we maybe will get get to see actually see that sequence in some way but um yeah i mean we'll we'll see where that leads i did see a headline <laughs> Which just made me laugh. It was like, okay, so Walking Dead's gone full Little House on the Prairie this week, um, talking about the sort of you know the entire plotline revolving around them going out and trying to rescue you know the the rope for the horses and stuff and failing to do it. I uh, just okay. made, me, made me funny. Okay. I've uh, I've heard a Little House on the Prairie, but I've never seen. Yeah, it very, very no. I mean, neither have I really. But it's sort of old school kind of you know uh, uh, American drama about sort of you know things like life on a farm and you know okay. raping horses and that sort of stuff. Huh. uh so so yes just uh, you know very <laughs> kind of wholesome sort of uh you know family drama thing um so yes i just thought that was quite funny but it was uh yeah i mean i quite like the sequence it was it was a nice sort of juxtaposition against the sort of mayhem and violence that you're getting right. on the outside you know and it's still it is something that they needed to do they true that they needed to get the horses back otherwise they're not going to be able to plow fields and that sort of thing you know horses when you don't have cars and like you know mechanical machines and all that sort of stuff to be able to do your farming for you horses become vitally important so you mm-hmm. know they are yeah. right that, that yeah you know they need to do this yeah i don't mind seeing this stuff either i mean as i've said before with these types of stories these types of shows it isn't always just about like okay kill walkers and that's it i've -hmm. spoken before about the different elements that i like to see and this is very much sort of uh resource based in terms of you know how they're gonna uh and and sort of survival based as well in terms of how they're gonna get these these horses back and what's their plan for that um because again if you look at the world that the way that our world functions and the way that theirs do they can't just like you know go to the shops for these sorts of things they do have to work these things out for themselves uh, in terms of how they're going to get this kind of stuff and uh, obviously with the food shortage that they've got Uh, so i do like seeing these things as well but yeah it it was a nice little, little sort of different toned thing as well as opposed to the uh the violence that we saw which i don't have a problem with the violence i'm very much used to seeing that in this kind of thing uh i mean we've seen it we've seen rick bite someone's throat out and we've seen someone's head bashed in with a baseball bat so we're we're used to that kind of stuff um but uh yeah if they show maybe a little bit of the of the the dream sequence with abraham i mean it would be very very short by the by the sounds of things because it would take a few uh, literally a few seconds of michael to be on screen so maybe they could do it it just depends out how much like if they mention it again or if they lean into it i don't really know Mm-hmm. So, but uh, yeah, the, the horses stuff was cool. It was fine to uh, to see. So, um, I think that was pretty much it for for that scene, wasn't it? 
Uh, as they walked the horses through the streets of Alexandria, you could all but feel spirits rising. Alone with Carol, though, uh, Magna, as gently as she could, asked the uh, older woman to stop giving uh, Kelly false hope that Connie was uh, still alive. So they have a bit of a conversation about that. Magna was sorry for the guilt with which Carol was grappling, uh, but she was only making it harder for uh, Connie's uh, sister to grieve and move on. Off that interaction, Carol gently... Uh, slits a um, horse's throat so that Alexandra could eat that day. We'll certainly talk about that in a minute. Uh, the kids didn't like the menu, but Herschel wasn't really phased. On the road with my mum, you eat what you find. I like his his spirit here. I'll talk about that as <laughs> well. He said, uh, as the episode drew to a close, though Magna and Kelly reaffirmed their bond, Connie's uh, sister still took off with Carol. So um, what did you think of Hunted, it says here as well. And then there's a little question um, yeah, there's a little question added here I want to read as well. Wouldn't it have made more sense to kill off Cole, Duncan, and Agatha after we'd gotten to know them, like at all? And then it says, what's, what's your uh, hunch regarding Alden, which we've talked about already? Will we see him again alive, that is? Which, we've again, we've already talked about Alden as well. Um, yeah, I mean, with the whole, like, Cole, Duncan, Agatha thing... They, to us, they were red shirts with names, but they were they only had names really because they were part of a previous group of Maggies. Now that they've all gone, that doesn't really like matter anymore, I suppose. Because um, I don't think anyone was really like crying too much or moaning too much when they got killed. No, because we don't need we'd known them for what a few episodes. I mean, we we'd known Elijah a little bit longer, but obviously Elijah's gone missing. So I don't know. They were just they were just kind of red shirts with with names in a way. Um, it mm-hmm. might it might have been cool if they'd stuck around and developed them a bit more. I think Duncan and Agatha maybe had some potential. Um, so, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I true. But I also think that it would have been much more difficult to kill them off as fastly as fast as they did in terms of you know cole just getting his throat slit and slit and he's like okay he's gone yeah that's um, it. yeah you if you build the character up more you kind of expect them to have a bit more of an impactful death um you know on screen which you see and you need to characters because they need to pare things down again and so i i think it's a balancing act between yeah yeah. how much you want the audience to actually get to know them. You know that these people mean something to um, Maggie, Maggie, but you don't need to really, you don't need to really push them that much on the audience because if you do that and they're around for like a full season, you probably would have to give them a bigger send off rather than just, Oh, he's dead, you know? Um, right, right. Yeah. So, so I, I, and that comes with its own complications. So I actually think it's a balancing act between the two. They're there to serve a particular purpose, and they've done that. So you know, yeah, that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you could have gone in with either option, but I think you're right about that as well. So, mm. um, Carol killing. There's two main main points here. Uh, what do you think of Carol killing this uh, horse for for the food? I, I sort of get it. Um, you know, they need food immediately and one horse is probably going to feed quite a lot of people for quite a while, you know? So you, you probably, is it worth sacrificing one of them just for 
you know when they've they bought what five back or something so now they've maybe got four and can you get away with sacrificing one of them to to feed everybody immediately um i, I mean situation to be different i'm sure that's the last thing that they will want to do and you can see by the way that melissa played that and the way that carol dealt with it she clearly didn't want to kill that horse but you know people needed to eat so yeah yeah it's it's one of the decisions again in this world where like you do you do what you have to do um yeah and sure you could look at the horse as a bit more of a sort of pet type of character but well it's yeah, not even you... so much of a, as a as a pet. It's the fact that horses are technically, you know, machines. They're they're cars. They're mm. farming equipment. Yeah. Um. In in this context, I mean, yes, you know, these these days they are pets. But, um, you know, in this world, that they, they are they are transport. They are farming equipment. They are they are utility things. Yeah. And you know, if you've got essentially five cars, do you, and one of them will immediately solve a bunch of problems if you get rid of it um do you do that as you know uh, and it's it's a horrible decision to have to make and you know not only because it's a living creature and it's a useful piece of equipment that you're having to sacrifice and is that sacrifice worth it and clearly she's made the decision that it is at this point Mm. yeah no i i I totally get her decision um, because it's like okay, they were running out of options, and like, what would you, you got to do something eventually? And this is what they had to uh, to come to the decision of. There is a bit where Aaron comes along and helps her as well, so uh, and he doesn't seem to have much objection to what she's doing. I think he kind of got what she was doing straight away as well. So there was that. Um, but uh, yeah, what do you think of Herschel? He's sort of. I, I think he's got. I like Herschel's attitude here. He's got a really good. Um, yeah. approach to this just on the road you, you find what you eat and that is the situation of this world like you know if they choose not to eat the horse what else do they what else do they do you know um, so I like the way that they've described here as sort of this on the road life with his mum was a bit more tougher maybe and you eat what you can find because that's just the world that they live in um, I don't mind like Judith's attitude so much like there could be a bit of an adjustment to, to doing something like that and eat, eating something you're less familiar with, but um, I like that this gives us a bit of a background on Herschel's upbringing in a way. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, again, I like his attitude towards this. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I thought that scene was was great, and you know the comment about eh, it's not that bad; it's better than the spiders. You know, I, that <laughs> that I thought was uh, was quite cute, and yeah, it it shows the difference between these. You know, because we've seen Judas as being kind of quite tough and. And you forget that Herschel has probably seen an awful lot more of the world and, you know, the hardship being on the road with Maggie. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I'm, I would like to see more of those two characters. And as we mentioned earlier, I'd like to see them, you know, a, an older version of those two characters. Together would be interesting as well. Mm, definitely. Uh, I like what it shows as well, like you said, between the differences between... Okay, yeah, Judith's grown, around, grown up around some, some bad stuff. They all kind of have, but it shows the differences between, you know, Judith's been living a life in a in a base of sorts in Alexandria, whereas mm-hmm. Herschel's upbringing was on seemingly life on the road, which, uh, but both of those aren't 
aren't easy options again because the world that they live in but Herschel's you know if you've got a life on the road in this type of world especially as a young kid like he is that's got to be pretty odd but uh, I again I, I like the differences that they've shown there between between the two characters I just hope that they don't stop that type of development um, because it's it's interesting uh, and especially seeing it from the younger character we're not really used to seeing these types of conversations really between the young characters I mean when was the last time that type of conversation happened between the young yeah. characters because usually mo- most of the walking dead is based on the the older the adult characters uh it's just interesting to see something different is uh what i'm trying to say so yeah i i'd like to see more of it but i don't i don't think the show will really ever lean as much into that stuff as what we'd like i think you'll just see glimpses of it now and again but again we we don't know necessarily what amc is going to do once this show finishes so because uh, that will be over a year's time won't it so mm-hmm. yeah um and that's it that's the end of the episode no major cliffhangers or anything really no no uh maggie dangling off the edge of a ledge or anything like that so uh we'll see what they have for us uh next week as well um that's it for the episode uh we're going to get into some feedback now if you'd like to send in your th- thoughts feelings questions comments whatever either about anything that we've said about the show anything about entertainment talk or anything that you'd like to say about the show uh matthew at entertainmenttalk.org twitter etalk uk there's contact page and information in your show notes to let us know what you think uh abed returns again and and uh has a question of sorts uh do you think the reapers are connected to the commonwealth and could be leading the group there also enjoyed your kevin review i assume you're talking about kevin Kenev himself uh thank you very much for that um I don't think they're related to the the Commonwealth. I can, I can see why somebody people might like take take a stab sort of guess at that. Um, but they seem they do seem to be their own kind of entity a little bit, uh, and it seems to be giving the show two different things to focus on, which mm-hmm. is the sort of like the princess and those other characters angle with like the arguably the mystery there. Because although I know some things about the Commonwealth, although they seem to be a little bit different in this. Um, it's still very much a mystery as to even the two that are interviewing the characters. They haven't really talked much. Mercer's talked a little bit, but they're still like not sure exactly what's going on there. So that's that's a little bit more of almost like a political mystery in a way. Whereas this Reapers thing is purely sort of action, religion, and that sort of stuff. So, but I I think they're going to keep the two things separate. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think there's any crossover at all between the two. Um, I, you know, because they're so different types of groups. I can't see yeah. from what we know of the Commonwealth. The Commonwealth seems to be very much a structured, controlled environment, um, whereas you know the Reapers are chaotic, you know, um, evangelical kind of, you know, lunatics. I, I don't think there's any crossover between the two, as far as I can tell. It's possible that some sort of event may happen where the two groups meet but i don't think that the reapers are intentionally trying to pull them towards the commonwealth i think the reapers are an entirely separate entity but it's possible you know the commonwealth may show up at some point and save the group or or i don't know i mean there's who knows but um Mm. I, i don't see i don't see them them kind of you know them actually being connected in any way hmm yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's interesting. We didn't see the Commonwealth this week. So, no. Um, and we didn't find out about whether Stephanie's fake or not, or whatever's going yeah. on there. So, but I, I think that 
I, I think if you're going to sort of break away from that Commonwealth story, I, I think it makes sense to do it that way because otherwise you're starting to overload things if you're trying to juggle three stories in one episode. The, the, you know, they've stuck with two stories. Yeah. So, you know, it's possible that we may sort of come to a point in the Reaper story where you then do Alexandria and the Commonwealth. You know, maybe you have a an episode which is based around that. Um, at the moment, I think they're probably going to, you know, we've touched with the with Alexandria this week to the Reapers and the Commonwealth next week. But I think the Commonwealth story had got to a point where you can sort of, you know, leave that for a week because we know they've got in. We don't know, you know, and then it will be the next chapter of that. So I think I think this seems like that seems like a natural point to break and go and check in with the Alexandrians. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beth writes in says how do you think the Negan story will conclude Maggie or Negan to kill Hughes I think you mean about if they kill each other I'll still stick Mm. to what I said it was either in the preview or the first episode I think both of them will survive I don't think either of them will kill each other Uh, I don't know how the story will actually finish but I don't think either of them will die Um, Mm. whether one of them leaves the group or something else like that or Negan rides off or I, I don't know um, but the, the, the f- I suppose the thing is with that, like, if Negan was going to kill Maggie or vice versa, wouldn't one of them have done that by now? Um, You'd think. Maybe. I mean, yeah, because if you were going to have anybody kill anybody out of those two, I would suspect it would be Maggie try to kill Negan, because uh-huh. I, I don't think Negan would out and out try to kill Maggie at this point without a very, very good reason to do so. Like, you know, unless she attacked him first. So, yeah. I mean, you know, the the thing with him leaving her dangling off the train, as you said, there is a huge difference between not helping and actively trying to kill somebody. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I think um, it would if you were going to go down that route it would probably be maggie trying to kill negan whether she succeeds or not i don't know which side you'd end up on um but i i kind of think that they're either going both going to survive or it'll end with negan going out in a blaze of glory saving herschel or something you know hmm yeah, maybe, maybe um i do think on the one side if negan was going to kill maggie he had the perfect opportunity to do it with the the train thing. Um, it could have either been like a Lion King situation, or it could have been uh, like he actually pulls her up and then like completely pushes her off, sort of thing. So like mm-hmm. almost as if she she thinks he's gonna save her and then he just completely pushes her off. He he could have done that if he'd wanted to. Um, so, but no, I I think both of them will be fine. So I could be wrong. One of them could die next episode. Who knows? So yeah, well, yes, <laughs> yeah. Um, they are both kind of aren't they both they're both alone in the wilderness now aren't they well uh, yeah with, with each See, other I, I, I think they'll come to some sort of understanding over this hmm. but yeah, yeah we'll see uh, and lastly Charlie says uh, I don't know if it's a he or a she so I'll just say they just, just in case uh, Charlie says um, I've been listening for a while uh, but finally writing in you're welcome uh, did you think it was right for Carol to kill the horse? We did already discuss this, but yes, I I think so. Um, it's not a nice thing to do, 
but it's something that she she very much had to do i think and options when not when you're in that sort of world and options are low um you got to make those sorts of choices i think and i think that's just what it comes down to i don't think it makes carol a worse person or a better person or i you know i i think yeah. it's just a case that options were low that was one that she had and she took that option so. Yeah, if it's a case of starving or, as I say, I mean, horses are incredibly valuable in this world. So in some respects, it goes to show just how desperate they are. Um, the fact that you had to kill that horse, it, you know, that was the, the only real option of feeding people. Uh, there is no way she would have done that because of the value that horses actually have in this world now. She wouldn't have done that unless she. It was absolutely a necessity, and clearly it was. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's what we got for you for this week's episode. Thank you all very much for listening. Uh, you can find all the other things that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, video games, films, and hopefully more Manchester United podcasts, depending on if the games get shown. I think the next the next bunch of games are being shown on TV. I d- I think it's to do with the three o'clock kickoff thing on Saturday, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with uh with all of that. Um, so that's all of that. Uh, and we'll be back, of course, next week for, uh, would it be episode five next week already? So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for Walking Dead, so check all that out. Hopefully Shang-Chi review tomorrow. Check all that out. Ted Lasso Friday, Gaming Talk Friday, and then hopefully, uh, Premier League review or, or match review on Saturday as well. So check out all of that. And in the meantime, if you like what you've heard, you'll support more of it. You can either just listen to more episodes that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. You can also find us as well by searching for Entertainment Talk on your favorite podcast platform so look for that as well um and you can also use word of mouth social media let people know about the content that we make uh just tell them what we do and where they can find it either just word of mouth or social media let them know about the things that we make uh patreon one dollar three dollar level tiers for ad free podcast review options check that out as well if you'd like to uh if you'd like to find your newest tv and film news which there was some pretty big film news um just a, a bit ago in in this episode for, for zoe so uh Check all that stuff out. David's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk. You can also find that as well on Geektown Radio. There's a new episode from yesterday. Yes, it's Wednesday. So yesterday, a new episode of Geektown. Check that out. Geektown Radio, geektown.co.uk for your TV and film news. Uh, Bex is still streaming daily pretty much over on Twitch. Trista Bytes, Trista, B-Y-T-E-S. I saw that clip. Uh, she posted a clip on uh, Instagram of her, her coming across some crocodiles. That was uh, pretty funny. So uh, did did you see that one? There, I, she, uh, I, I didn't know. Okay, it was, it was on on Tomb Raider, and she had like three co- crocodiles to shoot. That was pretty funny. So uh, you can find her online, uh, Trista Bytes, Trista B Y T E S. Go and give her a follow over there. You can also find me on Twitch as well, E Talk UK for all my different streams. And if you want to find them archived later on YouTube, you can do as well. Um, YouTube, uh, YouTube Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Bye.